You are now tuned in to The Takeover with Kristen and Christine. Um, shout out to everyone who's tuning in because it is episode six. six. And we're about to get y'all right because this is going to be a little wellness episode. Okay. So I got three words for y'all. Or actually one hashtag. <laughs> Badass boot camp. <laughs> it was hosted and curated, curated by mm-hmm. Hala Marak. Her hashtag is on the block with Hala Marak. Um, it was a phenomenal experience. I walked away feeling very lifted. Very filled. I, it was a one-stop shop. The cup was running Everything. over. Everything. The cup runneth over, okay? So it was a women empowerment event bringing together hosts of great talent, artistry, and nothing but great vibes. It was basically like a one-stop shop. You come there and you do everything that makes you feel great. We got henna tattoos. We watched live art, which was really, really dope. Um, there was an open bar sponsored by Belair and Get Ounced Water. Yes. We participated in, well, we didn't participate in the yoga session because that was OD, but we did do the Zumba, so that was popping. Um, people were that getting, was like the first exercise I've done in oh, a yeah. very, very long time. Yeah, because Kristen is the skinny fat girl, TBH. TBH, <laughs> do nothing. <laughs> um, you could have also got your makeup on the go, um, makeup done on the go with the Uber for makeup called Butyl. Um, Spell that? B-E-A-U-T-L-E. Find them on Instagram. They're popping. And they're opening up. They started in New Jersey, and they're going to spread out into the tri-state area. Um, you could also indulge, which we did, in organic face and skincare from Temple Zen Skincare. Um, guard yourself with crystals from Black August Designs. And listen to a poppin' glow-up panel of badass women, including who? Powerhouse PR Avery, a.k.a. Miss Artistry of Multi-Artistry Entertainment. There was also Helen Little, who's a major radio correspondent and groundbreaking black woman at 106.7 Light FM. There was also Crystal Renee, who was a local public figure who taught mental health first aid after overcoming her own trials with mental illnesses. There was the unapologetic scholar herself, Professor Dr. Dr. Nora Howard. Yes, that's her name. Who reps Brick City, a.k.a. Newark, New Jersey, like no one else can. And last but certainly not least, Miss Latrice Jackson, who was a celebrity painter and artist extraordinaire who had the pleasure of painting 44th President Barack Obama, amongst other notable names. All of this went down at the Paint House, located at 55 West 28th Street in the Chelsea part of Manhattan. Um, it was an amazing event, as Kristen and I said in the beginning, but we just wanted to share a couple of our takeaways. So, Kristen, what did you take away from Badass Boot Camp? It was, for me, it was a, a moment of reaffirmation because I think starting since, like, the end of senior year, I was putting everybody else first except me. Literally, like, family, friends, homework, every possible situation you could name, I put it before me, and... At one point in time, I had, like, this moment of realization that I should, um, like, the scripture says, like, um, like my cup runneth over. And, like, like, in order for my cup to runneth over, I had to fill my cup up my, myself, you know? Like, you can't be a blessing to somebody else if you're not, like, making sure that you sustain yourself as well. So, for me, it was, like, very, very um, reaffirming that I was on the right path. And just, like, all the vendors and all the people that were there, like, literally made me feel as if, like we said, like one-stop shop. I go there for all my needs, my physical needs, my mental needs, my spiritual needs, and everything from the panel to the Zumba exercise. It was like a holistic approach of um, maintaining myself. Perfect, perfect. And for me, it was sort of just amazing affirmation of seeing amazing people doing amazing things. People I've honestly never heard of before, but they were some of the most truest and, in my opinion, the most realistic celebrities to follow. 
And we followed all of them from the takeover. So you can definitely look on our social media tomorrow to see more of their hashtags, more of their at names on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, it was also just a blessing and honestly a treat for me personally to see a dream become reality for Hala and being invited to join the Badass Bootcamp team. So True. the takeover will be joining the Badass Bootcamp team starting next spring. She'll actually be going to Philadelphia this coming weekend, September 30th. So check out her page at Hala Maroc, H-A-L-A-M-A-R-O-C, to find out the exact location. So if you're in the Philly area, wink, wink, Austin Lee, be out to Badass Bootcamp if you can. There? We got some peoples out in Philly. They be listening. True. So if y'all can experience what we did, it won't be the exact same thing, but there will still be amazing vendors. Mm-hmm. Hala will be there. She's an amazing person. When it comes to interviewing people, she does it well. Wow. She brought the panel out. When I say yes. those people were phenomenal and the, the way they fed off of each other. Not only that, but she had some of them stumped. And some of them, these yeah. people have been doing interviews longer than she was yeah. born. Some of them okay? are training people to do interviews. Some of them trained her to do right. interviews. <laughs> right. Like Helen Little was like, you are making my job hard. <laughs> and I taught you. I'm your mentor. That's so, how you know you're good. Yeah. So you mentioned September 30th, so I had to like segue into my birthday. Hashtag books for my birthday. Books for my birthday. I <laughs> do not care. Go on Amazon and look up hashtag books for my birthday because I deserve, okay? Give me a book. That's all I ever wanted I for deserve. my birthday. I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mama D, okay? But speaking of TBH, I'm, and this is going to sound like a bad friend, but I actually haven't looked at your you registry. Haven't looked at, nah. It's a wedding registry, so you're going to see a whole bunch of like nice. Wedding? Um, it's a what? Because I get wed to books, okay? Dun, no, dun, let me tell you. Dun, Amazon didn't have dun. the Amazon didn't have the thing. They didn't have like a regular mm-hmm. birthday registry. So, I, so it was like either between babies and wedding. And I chose wedding because if I put babies up on my Facebook <laughs> or on my social media, it's going to be a wrap for me. So... Well, I'm going to go look on it and try and figure out what exactly what I'm going to get you, you get off me? of it. Books. You don't have to get me any. Books. It's all books. You no, don't but have to you said me... books with an ass. Oh, yeah. Plural. I might just get you the most expensive book. Okay. That's nice, too. But, yeah. Let me go be a good friend and go look at that. And if you want to be a good friend to Kristen, all of you who listen out. I got books delivered to me today. Wow. So, people are ready? Yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> Your hashtag is lit. Oh, uh, yeah, Shout it's really cute. I, I surprised. I felt so surprised. I was like, wow, like I didn't ask for it. It was amazing. Early birthday gift. Yeah. Keep them coming, y'all. She, she's grinning from ear to ear. True. All right, y'all. Y'all know what's next. But if you don't, it's called Black, Black Light. Light. All right, so once again, another accolade for Miss Cardi B herself. Yes. Number one on the Billboard charts. And Her social media was going off today. Every single post I saw was and like. And rightfully so. Right, right. Like, Wow. She's worked hard. And like just to think that this one song catapulted her to that level is unbelievable. Up here. And you could tell that she's put in so much work. Like she's talked oh, about definitely. it. And I think what makes it more special is I feel like I'm a part of it. Yeah. Because I've been watching her for so long and like she's made everything very um she's been very like explicit with what she wants mm-hmm. and she's been very transparent with yeah. who she is. So it's like you saw every single moment up to this very moment. So I think it's special for a lot of people. For me, I'm going to say I've been following Cardi B from the first Instagram. If y'all know what I'm talking about, then you're a real <laughs> Cardi B fan. If not, then y'all just bandwagon, to be honest. But yeah, I've been following her since the first Instagram. When the first songs used to drop, I used to send, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I used to send the links to Kristen and be like, Kristen, what is she doing? I'm dead. You know? Um, and then, you know, Love and Hip Hop happened the first time around. 
I was hyped when she was on there. Yeah, because and then was, I was sad when she. My left. name is Cardi B, and I am from the Bronx. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then she came onto our show, our college radio show, and I was like, oh my god. And now that was an experience too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Literally, like knowing how how strategic she is, because in our interview, she literally was like spitting so much game facts. and facts. She was literally like. Giving us the rundown. Literally, who who would have imagined that she was out here talking about economics and thinking about how people get paid, specifically strippers, how they get paid, um, and how that that cycle is basically is dependent on the economics of the time. So if we're in a recession, they facing a recession too. Who's coming to the strip club to throw bands if they don't have money, money. if they have to save for their family, etc. So mm-hmm. and also just. Also, in an economic sense, just speaking facts about our school. At the time, yeah. we were, quote-unquote, experiencing a drought. Oh, she said there was a us. drought, and she dragged, dragged the us. drought um, because she was like, wait a second. Y'all mean to tell me that y'all school is telling y'all to take three to five-minute showers? People in prison take longer showers <laughs> than you. And when she said that, my eyes opened. I was <laughs> I, like, I wanted to drop my mic and be like, yeah. end of interview. Right, $60,000. $60,000? She didn't let that go either because she went to the question and answer and she brought With that With the up. same thing. She was like, I hope y'all showered because y'all school telling y'all X, Y, Z. And I know dudes in prison that's taking longer showers than y'all. Crazy. So shout out to Cardi B. She's truly shown us that if you put your mind to something, you can succeed. She is a badass woman. Okay. I think she would have been amazing on the panel. Badass boom cap. I'm sure she would have been rocking with the Zumba. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now she's getting on planes because she's booked. And busy. Okay, y'all. So shout outs to Cardi B with her number one Cardi officially B. on the billboard charts known as Bodak Yellow. I might get my nails done Bodak Yellow. Oh nah. That's I a color? Am. That's <laughs> I'ma find it. It's a color today. <laughs> All right, y'all. Up next is new music. New music. We need a sound effect for that. That's great. We do. We about to make we one. We about to make one. Anyway, <laughs> my pick this week was um Janae Eichel's album. What did I pick? I had like a couple of songs on there. The main one that call you me, chose was Never Call Me. Never Call Me. This I'm about to say call me back. <laughs> and it's Never up, Call Me. And it's up on Instagram, y'all. We yeah. finally put our new music Monday up on Instagram, so go check it out. Yeah, I wasn't really actually I'm surprising myself for actually posting her because I never really liked her music. Because it's so as my friend said today, like monotone, sleepy, and redundant, sleepy. But you know what put me on? Like I listened to it the first time, I'm like, okay, she's talking about melatonin and all these like drugs, hallucinogenic. What what they call it? Hallu- Hall- hallucinogens. Hallucinogens. All the drugs, mushrooms, and all these things that I never like. I cannot relate to as a coping mechanism. I cannot relate to. But Uh, She talked a little bit about her brother passing away and how this album was um, something that was really recuperative for her. So I was able to, like, get into her creative process by simply that fact alone. I was like, yeah, like, everybody has different coping mechanisms. And even back to what we were talking about, just, like, health and wellness, sometimes it's not something that is going to be better for you or is going to help sustain you. But you're going to turn to the first thing. She said she turned to it because it made her feel like she needed to find peace somewhere. And so that's where she looked to for peace. And unfortunately, it was not the best option. But you could tell that she has, like, gone through the whole process. And I don't know. I feel like it just grew on me. Yeah, you you were even telling me about these two songs that she was talking about. Um, Nobody and Oblivion. Yeah, and that's what they she, reminded you of. Yeah. No, you know what it was? It was because she had mentioned... Um, she had mentioned... Yeah, I do remember. Okay, so yeah, she had mentioned uh, those being her brother. And 
those being about her brother. Um, and then I think one of the songs had this guy named Dr. Chill on it. And it reminded me of Sonia Sanchez because, like, the way he spoke. And you know how Sonia Sanchez, we saw her in, um, she did Voices, which is a spoken word event, the largest spoken word event in Western Massachusetts at in our school. In the New England area. In the New England area. Let me get that right, okay? <laughs> and she does, like, her cadence is so unique, and she... Like, she repeats words, so you feel it. And I feel like that type of cadence and that type of, like, I don't know. It's like this sound. But it just reminded me of Sonia Sanchez so much. And I was, like, really, really impressed with that part of the work. And I, I never heard of Dr. Chill before, so I don't know if that's his real name or who he is. But, yeah. You even was telling me about, like, the sage and the plants nourishing. Like, mm -hmm. when I saw that, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Black August Designs was selling that The sage. sage. Exactly. Like, okay, so. Yeah. Speaking I think that for him it was it was putting putting Janae Iko in conversation with him um helped us see how see that recuperative process that I was talking about because she's like okay I'm 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 putting she called it this thing under my tongue whatever the drug is that you put under your tongue and he's saying like turn to the earth turn to natural things turn to the sage like burn out negative energy those type of things and it will help you thrive and I don't know. It was just so beautiful. So even though she is, I think the monotone thing worked for her because <laughs> Christine don't believe me. No, you have to listen to it. Listen to it twice. I listened to it twice today at work and she I was like, 22 wow. 22 songs, bro. 22. And it's only an hour and some minutes. All right. I'm going to try. It's an experience. And now that you know the background of it, you know, like you could get into it. It even looks like an experience because when I started putting together the whole new music Monday video, and then I saw that the cover, the album cover, is very trippy. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah. Okay. And then it's 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 a like a it's more than a triple entendre. It's like the trip she likes to like. Now she's saying she goes on trips, like physical trips. Then she's saying like, you know, with all the drugs she was going on, like those she was type of out. she was tripping out. Yeah. <laughs> so and then what's the other one? Um, like spiritual trip, just just like literally journeying. And so I felt like she embodied that process very creatively which i was not expecting so kudos to her and i'm glad that i gave her another chance because sometimes you gotta give it another chance christine give it a chance what's your what's your no well yes but but when you listen to listen i hated meek mill and then somebody told me like his story and i because i'm too empathetic that's what it was and then i fell in love like oh my gosh this makes sense you know, if my father passed away because somebody, like, killed him or something, I will be yelling, too. True. Like, I'll be screaming into mics. Well, not my... Well, my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Anyways, you should give it a try. I'll, I'll try. Okay. I'll put it on when I'm going to work tomorrow, and I'll let you know how it feels. Copy. And y'all should put on this episode tomorrow. So okay. <laughs> What did I pick for New Music Monday? I had to go ratchet as per usual. Ratchet. You know, last week mine was the G Easy song with Cardi <laughs> B. You know, that had me going. This is not as ratchet, but it's the African version of the ratchet. It is the Afro beats from none other than T.Y. Savage. Okay. Her new EP just came out a couple of days ago. It's called Sugarcane. So I had to listen because I love sugarcane. Like when I hear the word sugarcane, mm. I just want to go back to Jamaica. I just want to. Mm. My uncle like, was just telling me what? about sugarcane juice the I had a good up with sugarcane juice this summer when I was working at the summer camp. Mm. Bomb. If y'all ever are in East Flatbush during the summer, 
on the corner of, I'm about to tell you, by Paddigate Park, there's a man, he does the drinks, and one of his drinks is sugarcane juice. Anyways. Anyways. I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, Miss <laughs> Tiwa Savage, Savage just put out her EP called Sugarcane, and the song All Over is the one that I want to share with you all. Mm. Um, so, go t- check out our little snippets on our Instagram. But, in general, the EP of six songs, it's absolutely phenomenal. It actually took her a really long time before putting this one out, like, and this is her project. She's been doing a whole bunch of features and having people featured on her on her art, but she's finally taking time to put out six songs that create, in in my opinion, a cohesive body of work. Um, she's been touring. She's taking care of her little son, who you see here and there on her own Instagram, which is absolutely amazing. I feel like I save every single one of her outfits in my style oh, i thought you was gonna collection. say you save her son her son is cute but nah, oh nah, my nah. lord nah <laughs> um she was also at the one africa music fest which they held in brooklyn which i would have loved to go to mm, true. speaking of the one music one africa music fest i'm pretty sure i heard this and then i went online to go check this she's arguably called the beyonce of africa okay so I need my Nigerians, my Ghanaians, yes. my Kenyans, my Senegalese, everyone. everybody I need all confirm. To confirm. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, she first, I first got hooked to her from a music video that someone passed me in Cuba. I don't remember the name of the the. It was with Pata Rankin, if y'all know. Oh, yes, Dane Pata Rankin. That's the man's name, and her name is Tiwa Savage, and they did the song together. Tiwa Wait, Savage. Wait, so where's Pata, Pata Rankin from? He sounds Jamaican. I will have to confirm that for y'all as Shabba well. Shaba Rankin, like <laughs> Pata Rankin, sounds everything same. just sounds the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then so one of her songs also eerily reminded me of Rihanna's "If It's Loving That You Want, You Should Make Me Your Girl." That's that one's song. called "Get It Now." But anyways, most of her songs on the EP are her by herself, as I said, which shows her growth, in my opinion, from being a featured artist or having tons of features on her own tracks. Um, but of course, some whiz kid never hurts. And so he's on the final track called Malo, which I don't know what dialect they're speaking in. So once again, my African brothers and sisters, please let me know. Um, I could have honestly picked any song <laughs> off of this project. African dialect, really? Language, dialects. They have both. Okay, I, they do have both. Sorry, languages and dialects. Thank you for correcting me. Yes. Let me be politically correct for my friends. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I could have honestly picked any song off of her project because they all touched me in a different way. Um, also, I never really gave Afrobeats its own true chance. Like, for example, I should probably start a separate... At this rate, I should probably start a separate playlist for Afrobeats. I can hook you up. I know you can. You have the, you have the resources. The resources. I'll right. leave it like that. Um, <laughs> but I never gave Afrobeats its true chance because I usually just lumped it in, and this sounds really bad, so I know people are going to kill me for this. But oh. I put the Afrobeats right now on my Spotify in the same playlist as my Soka and Dancehall Flex. That's not bad. But at this rate, I have so many Afrobeat songs that it should just have its own playlist. Okay. And it's also because of T.Y. Savage. Like, every song that she's been on, it goes automatically into the playlist. So I'm going to make one because of her and this amazing EP. Um, but T.Y., basically, she really touches me. Um, this song, All Over, is basically talking about, like, she gets goosebumps all over. Um, and it's not only because of, like, guys and things like that, but it's also because of her music, also because of her love for her son, like... She just gets goosebumps all over. And just having that feeling, you don't get it all the time. But when you do and you're able to make such an amazing song about it, that means that it's truly coming from within. Mm. And finally, the last thing that touches me about T.Y., which is why you should definitely listen to this EP, is that just her being a beautiful, dark-skinned woman is something I personally connect with because we don't see that many dark-skinned women always getting the love. 
and she's just absolutely gorgeous absolutely amazing both inside and out and it sh- reflects and emanates hmm. use emanates. the vocab okay through her album so everybody check out the ep sugar king well speaking about vocab you know we got black girl lit up next okay. and the lit is for lit cha cha I gave you that one because you're going to say the quote this week. Guys, I'm actually going to be a part of Black Girl Lit and not like a sidekick. I'm crying. (laughs) Y'all, so we talked about Professor Nora Howard earlier, but she was- Professor Doctor. Professor Doctor. Um, But she was absolutely amazing. Like her style, her shoes was on point. She bought three pins from Black August Designs, and when the, her placement was even on point. It looked like she bought it. It didn't even look like she bought it there. It looked like she knew that she was going to wear it, it that day. It was destined. Oh, my. It was destined. Her hat, her, <laughs> her little hair on the front, you feel me? Everything was on point. Not only was that, but the literature that she shared with us mm-hmm. was on point. Because she said, what do we quote from her? I quote quick that's what she, oh, yeah, said. she said i quote quick. quick she said i quote quick that's how she said she, it she said because she said she, she sometimes she'd be in these classes with these white people and they'd be looking at her like do you know all the black history and she'd be mm-hmm. like um yes let me tell you about malcolm x let me tell you about bell hooks let me tell you about xyz mm-hmm. and so this part is coming from bell hooks um she bell hooks is in a renowned gender studies black womanist studies writer um and so there was this collection called talking back and I wanted to take our section, um, our quote from the section, the first, it's actually the first chapter, I believe, it's called On Self-Recovery. Mm. Um, I found it in PDF, but I need to go get the whole book because after reading it again, actually I got introduced to it by one of my other black sisters, because Kristen's one of my sisters. Um, mm. My other one is Danique McGowan, who tunes in every single week and like sends me hilarious quotables. Up, so up, she- up. Up, up scale. Up scale. That's the nigga at her best. Um, but yeah, so one day we had off for some reason. Oh, it was spring break. We had off. But she goes to Barnard. So she's always in the city and she had school. I think her spring break was different from ours. And so I actually went and spent a day on Barnard's campus. Didn't know that. And guess what I did? I ended up reading. You read books. On self-recovery for Danique. So oh. whoever her professor is, I did that homework. You feel me? I'm crying. I did that homework. What are I friends did those for? annotations. What yes, are friends for? Um, and, but it really taught me a lot. So I'll give you all the snippet. It's an amazing, it's about five pages. Um, but this part really stuck to me. Um, and shout outs once again to Dr. Nora Howard for blessing us with this amazing anthology to glean from. It says that most important of our work, the work of liberation, demands of us that we make a new language, that we create the oppositional discourse, the liberatory voice. Fundamentally, the oppressed person who has moved from object to subject speaks to us in a new way. This speech, this liberatory voice, emerges only when the oppressed experience self-recovery. Wow. So I guess um, instead of just breaking it down myself, I guess what would be best for me is to ask Kristen, how, when have you experienced self-recovery? Um, when, and obviously in order to experience that self-recovery according to Bell Hooks, you had to have been an oppressed person. So you may not want to go totally in depth in when have you felt like an oppressed person person but more so use that to let us know how you've experienced or how do you experience self-recovery as it pertains to wellness i can be candid um i felt oppressed in high school i Mm. went to a predominantly white school i mentioned this a few episodes back i also felt like knowing my identities my mom had made it very like clear to me that i'm a black 
woman or at that time I was black little girl. And those are two identifiers in society that doesn't necessarily grant you the best opportunities or the easiest path and so I knew what my levels or layers of oppression were and as time went on I'm like okay I figured out more things um such as socioeconomic status and stuff like that but I feel like self-recovery happened most at Amherst which is crazy mm. because it's a because that place broke that place bre- us down breaks and people built us up at right the same time. right and so for me it was taking black studies classes, which was the first time I really took classes that were about me. Um, being in the in the Charles Drew Memorial House, which is specifically the the camp um the house on campus that focuses on black culture. Um, it was taking classes with people like Professor Henderson and Professor Parm, who literally just like broke down things on black womanhood and black girlhood. And just I feel like being around a bunch of people that were really open because it's not only my professor. So like, obviously we know I'm a nerd, so I was really engaged, but thinking about the people that I was around that was supporting me, like the amount of women around me that were just like holding my hand and knowing that I was experiencing so many things at home too. Like for example, self-recovery didn't only include just like, Oh, the work that I did by myself. Like there was a time I was going through something. My grandma was really sick before she passed away and I went home to go see her and Christine, when I came back, because it was my birthday. Oh, my God, books for my oh birthday. My God, I remember but this. she filled my door with pictures of all my loved ones, all my friends, all my family. She filled it with quotes that I had. Lituation. Lituation. <laughs> Polygamy. Uh, stop. <laughs> I have to say that. Uh, we going to have an episode we about that. that episode. But um, just, a bunch of, just a bunch of different quotes. And just it really made me feel loved. And a bunch of people, she had them literally write. She was, you was the head of BSU at that year, right? Mm-hmm. And she made everybody write me a little Hells, nice letter. Yeah, I went to everybody. I said, listen, y'all know Kristen. She's my best friend. <laughs> now, I could write all the quotes and she'd still love it anyways. But I want to, y'all to feel included on right. her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so that, for me, that type of self, that self-recovery was not limited to, limited to what I could do by myself, but also like how the people around have loved me and have encouraged me to put myself first. Because as I was saying earlier, like, you cannot be anything if you do not put yourself first. You can't give to other people um, and make sure that other people are accounted for if you cannot account for yourself. Yeah. And even I was thinking about it when Bell Hooks says here, the liberatory voice or Mm -hmm. even creating the oppositional discourse. Right. I feel like we've both put ourselves in places where we have to create the oppositional discourse or even sometimes, like, we've had oppositional discourse or, like, even with Amherst Uprising and, like... Mm. Thinking about what was that? Explain that. So Amherst Uprising was basically when students basically took over the library for like three days, more than that, like four or five days. Refused to go to classes. The school was like, "Well, we don't want y'all to go on a hunger strike," so they started bringing us food. <laughs> People wanted to cook steaks and Bruh. stuff. We was like, "Y'all need to chill," because um, it's a protest. <laughs> like, yo, they really brought a steak, and we was like, sh- when we it sent like, it back, and yeah. we sent that Dang. back. Um, hashtag white schools. Um, but essentially it was just that, you know, we were done with having people literally take flights and not listen to us. Like the president was on her way to Japan and mm-hmm. she was going to go talk to our brother, sister school out there. And we're like, no, there's college business you have to take care of. There's tons of people of color, people who feel oppressed on this campus and you need to address it. And this was at the same time that there was tons of things going on at Yale, the university of Mizzou, 
all of these colleges, yeah, even now, Cornell is going through something crazy right now. Amherst has had crazy things happen What's on campus. Going on Cor- Most going recently, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on. No, you gotta put. Uh, is it public right now? It is public. Um, it had to do with a student who was. I'll put the post. I'll put the post. Yeah, up let us know. Let it's us a know. lot, but yeah, basically, all that has to say is that oppositional discourse and like being able to stand up for yourself, put out a list of demands. It says demands of us that we make a new language. Mm-hmm. And that new language could be new laws. That new language could be like basically new terminology. New, you know what I'm saying? New or, ways to address or the rejection other of people even or the rejection of old ter- terminology, mm-hmm. even if you don't have new ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the liber- liberatory voice is from our own people. And I guess just to connect this back to Dr. Nora Howard, she was so amazing in saying like, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not battling the nobody with else. nobody else but myself. Mm-hmm. I'm arming myself for the battle with myself. Um, I go into that ring with myself. And there's two people. There's the higher level of me and there's a lower level of me. And when I come out of that ring in the morning, I'm taking the higher level person with me. And I'm dusting off that lower level person and saying we'll meet again soon. She said I box that lower me box out. box it out. Um, so it's not only... Because sometimes yourself is where you manifest that bad, you know, that oppression. Um of course, you know, you get oppression within your own people. Listen, black people be fighting each other. People of color fight each other every single day. And so just being able to move past that, I think, is also on some higher level thinking. Mm-hmm. And then finally, of course, the people who we see as the oppressor. Um, there's a lot of oppressors out there. But just being able to stop that all out um, is the work of a liberation. It's not just liberation. It's the work of liberation, which I think is amazing that Bell Hook says that mm-hmm. it's a work. It's active. Something that you constantly have to do. You can't just wake up one day and be like, all right, I feel good. I'm not liber- I'm, I'm not oppressed today. I'm going to take a back seat. Because guess what? Your brother, your sister, the stranger is oppressed today. And so what are you going to do? I guess the question that I leave for you all that's listening is what are you going to do mm-hmm. in terms of the work of liberation? Um, how are you going to create the oppositional discourse? And fundamentally, how do you allow how do you allow yourself to experience self recovery in order for you to recover others? Yeah, that felt good, Kristen. Thank you for Isn't allowing that a release? me. Thank you for allowing me to share Black Girl Lit with you. Of course, I appreciate it. Send me that passage though, because it's know, right I have there, girl. I got it. it right there. Okay, we got to share it out too, because right everybody needs the the right juice. There. All right, y'all, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back with The Takeover. But up first is a sponsorship. So as Christine was mentioning before, there is a lot of self-recovery that has to happen. And that self-recovery is not limited to one individual person. That self-recovery is seeing other people as yourself. And so today um, we have we want to just talk about how Puerto Rico has been without water and electricity. Um, and one of the duties that we have as people of Caribbean descent, people in general, is to make sure that these people are accounted for and that they recover as well. And so New York has stepped up to the plate. J-Lo is offering $1 million from her Las Vegas show proceeds to go directly to the island of Puerto Rico. And donations have been in places all around the city. So you definitely want to keep an eye out for that. Um, The items that are desperately needed right now, which they're begging for. So these are the things that you should be sending to these donation places are diapers, baby food, batteries, first aid supplies, feminine hygiene products, and packs of bottled water. Um, There are various firehouses that are designated as drop-off locations throughout the five boroughs, and we have a link to those that we'll post out tomorrow. 
basketball today. Um, and also, according to AM New York, which I read this morning mm-hmm. on the on the train, so shout-outs to the free newspaper, um, there are also additional sites for drop-off that include the Javits Center, the Roberto Clemente State Park, and the Perry B. Duryea State Office Building in Hopodge. And these will also be open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. For more information on how you can help, visit www.ny.gov slash Puerto Rico. I think it was amazing that Mark Anthony <laughs> tweeted out to Trump. I don't have the exact tweet. Basically, he was like, Puerto Ricans are Americans too. And so I think it's fitting in this wellness episode that we talk about how we can help our brothers and sisters out there. So if you can help, please do. Now and let's get back into back. the episode. <laughs> that was bad. And we're back. It's the takeover, y'all. And this we, is your favorite section, I think. I segment. got it from my mama. I got it. Y'all heard she said she <laughs> what she would do for her mama, right? Anything. I would. You would? Guess what? I told you what I was doing today for my I mother. I know. She cooked. Oh, my God. That's what I was saying. Christine is so thoughtful, y'all. Oh, I think I God. need lessons on being thoughtful because I'm really terrible at it. And I don't, I don't know how you get better no, at I it, think, honestly. No, you've gotten better at it. I'm you think be, so? You gave me a really nice candle for Valentine's Day. I was like, I was like, wait a second. She's I did. thinking about me. <laughs> okay. I'm not thoughtful usually, <laughs> and I want to get better at it. There's so many people to care about. And like, I feel it in my heart. But There's not that many. <laughs> Listen, I have five. I have no. I have six siblings. I have a mom, a dad. You I have, have six. A, I thought you had seven. Um, hold on, I gotta count it up. Four, si- five, oh, six, 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 and then a brother. And you yeah. Make seven, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of people. But anyways, and then all my friends and best friends and aunties and uncles, etc. But anyways, well, this is thank I, God that they're not all born on the same day. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so this segment is I got it from my mama. And uh, since we are focusing on wellness, um, spiritual wellness, mental wellness, physical wellness, et cetera, I wanted to talk about um, this this saying that my mom taught me. I actually learned, wow, everything is coming full circle. I learned it on my birthday, the okay. day that I got my license. The lady was, well, before I even met the lady who was going to um, do my test, my mom had this like feeling because I'm telling you, like black women are clairvoyant, man. But anyways, she was like, make sure you get there and you just look look at her. You respond to her nicely and you say, the God in me, protect the God in you. The God in me, protect the God in you. I am grateful. We are grateful. Thank you, God in me. You said this to the person. That I didn't say it to her, but oh. you gotta. You she said, look at her and like just like in that space, like think about it in your mind. And so she was real rude to me. I was like, oh, I'm going to fail this test today. And then literally it was just like I knew that I put out good energy and I put out essentially a prayer, which is my version of good energy. And I felt like it all worked out because I don't know. It was like she at the end, she was like really nice to me. She actually left her keys in my car, but um, and I had to go run after her. But yeah, so I feel like the power in what this saying is or what this prayer or mantra or whatever you want to call it is, is just praying for others around you. You never know what energy someone else is bringing to the table or what they're tr- they're going through. Um, specifically on the panel, I remember um, the panelist Crystal Renee saying like she was going through a lot at that time, uh, at a specific point in time, um, just dealing with mental health issues and just knowing that you have to do that transferable. Energy is transferable. And so you have to make sure that you are not only like, oh, positive vibes only, but that you make sure that you spread that type of positive vibes to people that may not be feeling great every day, may not have the positive energy every day. So 
there's so much important um importance in just like praying for others around you or putting out good energy and and like kind of squashing that bad energy um yeah she gracefully explained her struggle with mental mental health which was just amazing for her to be so transparent with us um and I feel like it just made me cognizant of all these other energies that are out there and it even reminded me because like we had the there was a vendor there that was selling crystals what's her name again uh, justice, 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 yeah. And her at name is at Black August Designs. Right. And so just thinking about how you protect other people around you, regardless, because once again, energy is transferable. Y'all are in the same space. Y'all, you may not be their friend, you may not be their family, but just even coming into contact could change the way things happen for you. So you could wake up, be like, oh, I'm feeling great. But then you get in contact with that one person and just throws everything off. So make sure you pray for people around you or protect spread good energy that's beautiful look how your mother taught you something other women taught you something yesterday you putting it together all the yes. mothering yes. that's going on look at that Analysis. that's why this is one of my favorite segments because yeah. i just feel like it's all connected all black women too and even my of course and even with mine i had sent this out to Kristen like days ago and i was like just the impact of like i and i power and so like my mom talks about i and i power which is so weird because my mom is not rastafarian <laughs> whatsoever um she loves pork, so she wow. can't be Rasta. Like, that's automatically off the list. Um, but she is very like much me? Jamaican. Yes. You love a bacon. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyways, um, my mom is very Jamaican. And it just reminded me of, like, my uncles and my mom singing Bob Marley songs and, like, playing them on a Sunday afternoon while we're eating. That was the soundtrack to our Sunday dinners over at Auntie Inez's house. Um, which then led me to like thinking about how I purposefully took the Bob Marley class at Amherst and where I learned not only about his music, but the music that came before him and the music that he influenced after him, which sort of creates that circle of the I and I power. And then thinking about even then how that made me think about my thesis and like Cuban hip hop and how, you know, talking about race in a place that doesn't talk about race can be crazy, but they're using that I and I power, that power from above, that I and I equals we. So it's me first, but it's also everyone around me. So spreading that good energy through their music, um, higher thinking, being above the influence. My mom always tells me be above the influence. <laughs> um, my, my, actually, my grand aunt, this also leads to another mother in my life. My grand aunt, Auntie Tensi, she lives in Florida now. And she told me, don't bring, what did she tell me? Don't bring the standard down to the army. Mm. Bring the army up, up to the standard. standard. Yes, like, I heard that before. What? Like, I, I must do that. Live above the influence. Bring people up to you. Do not fall down for them. Up, up, up. <laughs> Upscale. <laughs> um, protect my energy. Protecting the energy. Right. That's self-explanatory. And then, wow, my cousin just want someone, someone else that I mother. My cousin just want to call me. Cool. And then Your phone and, always <laughs> ringing off. Bring, bring, bring. Jesus. Um, And then enjoying the time by myself in order to love others. So... Sort of like giving my, my mom doesn't take time for herself. Like, my mom needs a vacation. And so what I'm going to do is take her on a vacation in February. Um, but Is yes. that a surprise or are you just busting She knows, the, she okay, knows. She's, she's telling me I'm taking her on the vacation. I'm good. Oh, yes. Use <laughs> um, the mentees. Right. And then finally, the power of counseling and just, um, we're going to talk about that later. But like, power of counseling, me being counseled versus me being the counselor. So my mom... Loves giving people advice, loves being there for others. She's a teacher. She's an educator. That is what she does. Um, But she adds that extra piece of being a disciplinarian and being a counselor for others, you know, telling them, like, I went through this. You shouldn't go through this. Or 
I went through this. Um, I know, like, not really telling people not to do things because your experience is what you learn from ultimately, but essentially knowing that she's she's many rivers she has crossed. Mm-hmm. And so she's able to pass that on. And look at me now. I'm a counselor to 7th, 8th, and ninth graders. Like, 12, 13, and 14-year-olds look up to me, my 22-year-old self, okay. that knows absolutely nothing about the world. Yes, but you yet, do. But yet I have something to provide, you know? Mm-hmm. And we can... We can explore it together because it's the I and I power. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I and us. So that's just a beautiful thing I want to share yeah. that I got from my mother and the mothers wow. around me. This is going to sound really nerdy, but that reminded me of Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Which Bell Hooks mentions in On Self-Recovery. Okay. okay. And what is, who, who, who wrote Pedagogy of the Oppressed, Kristen? Paulo Freire. Yes, yes Paul Fred, Paulo Freire. And shout outs to our friend in California, Oakland. Oh, yes. Chardonnay. Ms. Chardonnay. She brought that with her to Cuba as one of the books to guard her and to protect her energy. So that's just amazing. Full circles. All right, y'all. What's next, Kristen? What are we doing next? What's you know going what? On? I'm, I'm wondering what we're doing next. I think we should go to Only NYC only because... <laughs> It's talking about how these people try to destroy my energy. I had cultivated all that great energy at Badass Boot Camp, and these people try to destroy my energy. Well, guess what? On my way to Badass Boot Camp, people were taking the energy that I was trying to bring <laughs> mm. to Badass Boot Camp, <laughs> Bring. Yo. Bring. So, okay. So, let me tell y'all real quick. If y'all don't have me on Snapchat, oh my I don't think God. y'all should follow me anyways. No, but. follow her. She's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> okay. So, yesterday, I get on the Q train. I never take the Q train like I have to take a bus OD mad far to get to the Q train direct but I went that way because I was like you know what it says I could get there in half the time I want to get to this event early you know I want to be a badass woman so let me get to badass boot camp early so I take myself to the Q train I get on the Q train and there's mad space on this train like when I tell you mad space there was mad space but what did I do I don't like to be around mad people and like all up next to them unless it's oh. not even. So I put myself in the corner for a reason. Oh, I love the corner. As in, do not sit next to me. Do not talk to me. Do not breathe my air. Do not even look at me. Mm-mm. You Just, on a train in New York City telling people don't breathe the air? Listen, it was a Sunday afternoon. There's space on the train. <laughs> it's not rush hour. It was nothing like that. So I need you to not. But guess what? This man tried me. And he came and sat up next to me. And he did reading his Twitter in his whatever and he's there and he first of all he comes in and he pushes somebody else's hand that's Ooh. sit that's on the bar another girl and she looks at me and i look at her you know the black person nod oh. we just looked at each other we was like mm, come on son of course so then he didn't even notice her but then that wasn't it so he gets off at canal street i'm still going he gets off i document that on my snap but then it was not one, but two men now come and come corner me again. Now, grant you, granted, Canal Street is a busy station. There was mad people coming on, but there was still mad space on the car. So there was no reason for y'all to be cornering me in the corner. So then I also documented them cornering me. This, no, you have no cool. This girl really took, she took, it's like, you know, when you try to record somebody, you got to be low key. Nah, you kind of like I was slightly raised face. the phone. This girl had the whole thing. I saw the whole mat up his nostrils. Yes, like, because guess what? If you want to be up next to me, then I'm going to show everybody else your nostrils because that's what you want oh me to God. see. So that's what I'm going to show. I was show. Really like, no, she did not. And it was more than one video, too. I it was, was multiple. It was at least four. Wow. So then guess what? By the time I got to, where was I? Was it 14th Street? 14th Street. I got to 14th Street, and I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. I was going to take it to 34th, 
I roll square, get myself six blocks of walking in. You know, I got the Fitbit trying to get my steps. steps. Yes. But I was like, I cannot take this anymore because I'm literally cornered. So I literally ran off the train and went from the Q Express to the R Local. So and I got off at 28th Street and just walked the half a block to the event because I was like, listen, you're not going to take all this energy from me because I had not that much going in. Well, I did have a lot because I went to church in the morning. Oh, praise. But they were just draining my energy. Like, my vibes was being killed. OD. <laughs> so I had to share it with y'all on Snap. So if y'all saw it, shout outs to y'all. If y'all didn't, it'll probably happen again because it's only in NYC. Like, literally only in NYC. Yeah, I had a similar experience. <laughs> on my way home? going home, yeah, this guy. I'm coming out the train. Mind you, the train is packed. And then people on the platform clearly want to get in. Is they all the way across the platform? This man, the door opens, and this man literally bum rushes me inside the train. So you know, I had to like drop my good energy for a quick second and push him out the way because there was literally no other way I was supposed to get out the train. Mm-hmm. And then Christy had told me that that because I was slightly aggressive, <laughs> that somebody like a bunch of people found it funny. They but was I laughing, felt so yo. bad because there was this family that was like right behind the guy who pushed me in the train station, and they like immediately split apart so I could walk through. It was like it was like. The Red Sea, like, just like, <laughs> parted. They immediately dropped hands. They was holding hands. And I felt so bad, but it's because that man was, like, really, like, you all can't, up all you, up bro. on me. All up on you, bro. But anyways, I'm going to keep it that short because we have to get into the gathering, which is going to be very quick this week. Okay, y'all, so this is going to this is going viral already, and we know everyone and their mama and father and brother and sister and uncle mm-hmm. and cousin are talking about this, but we have to have a takeover twist on this. Like, we have to really gather this right now. So, I didn't know that me... I didn't know. <laughs> that me putting my knee on the floor would get so many people afraid. And that's literally how I feel for Colin Kaepernick. Like, my blackness offends you. Mm-hmm. My being scares you. Like, so let's just get into the whole take a knee thing. Building it out as I wrote. So Colin Kaepernick first protested 13 months ago to the date. What started as sitting on the bench turned into taking a knee and clenching the fist similar to that of the Black Panthers during the national anthem at NFL games. Um, After several deaths of black and brown people at the hands of those who police our bodies, Colin Kaepernick did not want to stand for a symbol that he himself did not think signified, as the song says, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Mm. So now, 13 months since this first act, Kaepernick is now jobless, while his counterparts on the field now, as well as the owners, because hashtag capitalism and economics and optics, see it necessary to link arms and take the knee as well. Now, while all this is going on, Mr. 45 Cheetos, also known as your president, not mine, sees it right to take to Twitter to call these men who play one of the most American, quote-unquote, American sports, Mm. sons of blanks. Now, there's a lot of things that I can break down from this, but I'm not even going to come for Mr. Trump right now. I'm just going to come for the entire thing as a whole. So, I interned at the NBA, so I know how it feels to be sitting on the inside where it's the business, the corporate side, and knowing that the corporate side looks nothing like the people on the field. Mm-hmm. And it's the so, same so thing as divide? the NFL. So what, what is, is so, so, what are you doing? Like, the divide is crazy. Um, black... And brown men that play this game that are making making money. I'm not gonna lie, they they got some beef. coins. They mm-hmm. got coined contracts, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, um, let's not act like sports is 
the only thing that these men are doing. They're also CEOs. They have businesses. They have sponsorships. Like these people have also children, wives, families that they're taking care of. Property. Um, they have a lot of things, and they also have past that this sport, this American sport, is supposed to be bringing them out of. Now, the national anthem is supposed to be something that we use in order to signify ourselves as one people, the United States of America. But instead, it's divided because for years, actually for centuries, for decades, you all have been policing black and brown bodies mm -hmm. and telling us that we do not belong here, that you brought us here for one reason, one reason only. Um, and Kaepernick being a descendant of those same people that you police their bodies, that you noosed them, that you beat them, that you sprayed them with water. He's feeling that now for his black brothers and sisters, not to mention his hair. Right. So his hair is now also a symbol of him being against you all. And um, he's being against America as a whole. No, he's being against the unfair justice system that we have. And if you're not able to see that, then you, my friend, are the white supremacist. You, my friend are the racist. You, are, you, my friend, are not the person that says that you cannot be an American. There's no way you can because to be American has to mean that you're about your fellow brother and sister no matter what they look like. But the question is, do they feel like we are their brothers and sisters? Exactly. Do they feel like we're the same? And it's funny because they're like, oh, when it was a Confederate flag, it's just a flag. Oh, when it's, when it's, when it's the song, oh, it's just the song, sing the song. But then... We are, we have black people out here like willingly singing the song that a slaveholder wrote. Like, mm. and let me see. There was this, somebody sent me the third paragraph, the uh, the first, I don't know if it's the first sentence, but it says no refuge can save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And I'm going to keep this literal because as somebody who's a slaveholder and he wrote it and we out here singing it like, it's to me. It's telling me like y'all don't have no, y'all don't have a, a destination. Y'all don't have any place to go yeah. aside from the grave. Yeah, gloom. You have no purpose. And the grave. But to make my make, make my coins. Make my because coins. Because no matter how much money they have, the people that own the 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 leagues and basically contract them, etc., they have way more money. Mm -hmm. Money enough to support the actual now forty five because. I don't know. I, I believe a, a few of them gave like millions of dollars to this man to support him. Yeah. And now they're realizing. Six of them. Okay. And, and now they need to, now they're realizing that mm, for optics, let's probably link hands with our, you know, players, you know, let's, let's show that we're in quote unquote solidarity with them. And but then Trump. Your for, purchasing power going? And then Trump, who are you to tell me what I should do with my body in an act of protest? So according to Trump, Trump. excuse me, according to Trump, he said, taking the knee is wrong, but linking arms is fine. Who are you to tell me how well, he I must said protest? that? Yeah. Oh, so it's like okay, you could do that. It's like it's like how far? Like, how okay, far? Yeah, how far you, you can? Do that. And then he went back. He retracted that statement because then he realized, oh, give them an inch and they'll take a mile, quote unquote. So then he was like, no, all together, fire or suspend. To the people. Wait, yes, I didn't get that. You didn't he get said, that. He said that all to the people that that were kneeling or in, in linking he said, hands. Fire, fire them. You're fired. You don't know? That's his favorite line. You're okay, fired. That's very cute. You don't know? Okay. That's from his show. Okay. You don't know? So cute. I don't that's watch it. I never show. watched his shows. I never watched the shows either, but <laughs> I know that. I know that's <laughs> You are fired. You know? Fire and suspend. So I guess just to wrap up this gathering, what words of advice can I give? Kaepernick, continue doing what you're doing because your brothers and sisters out here, not only they respect you, but they're, they're, they're going to support you. And 
Whether or not you do make it onto a team, probably not going to make it onto the team by the end of this season. What you will do is, you know, be able to make a stand and make a change and be there for the future, you know, mm-hmm. ball players yeah. that will know their, themselves. I mean, I know the ball players at Amherst, they took the knee at one of their first games last year and it was a big thing. So you're definitely an inspiration and never forget right. that. Right. Um, and what advice can I give to all these fake people that are holding their hands in solidarity when they really giving money to 45? The jig is up. We know what you're about. We know what you're doing. This is a cycle. It's nothing new. Put your put your money into the same places that Kaepernick literally he's what nine hundred thousand in on his one million dollar um he decided he was gonna give one million dollars to a bunch of um organizations that supported black people and made sure that we were focused on that self recovery that mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And so put your money into those places. Put your money into places that are literally gonna be for um education platforms for people of color. Put your money into fixing them damn pipes in Flint. So mm. people Who still does not have clean water. Still don't have clean water. Literally like at this point it's uh, it's causing birth defects. It's causing miscarriages amongst women, all of these type of things. So put your money into places that's gonna actually sustain the life of black the lives of black people and not solely be your entertainment. On to black women can and can't but we will. We'll make this one very quick as well. Um, speaking of counseling earlier in the, I got it from my mama segment, um, black women can and can't, but we will go to counseling. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of you listen to a lot of the other podcasts out there that talk, uh, that have the ads of about talk space, which is apparently a platform that helps you, um, have a one-on-one counselor in the comfort of anywhere. Um, and shout outs to the friend zone and their dedication. The friend zone is another podcast, their dedication to wellness, particularly Fran of Hey Fran Hey, who does the wellness tour for women specifically and advises journaling and seeking a listening ear in order to help detoxify yourself from the inside and out in order to be a better person to yourself and to others. Um, I myself went to counseling while I was, I I tried to go to counseling while I was at Poly Prep, Mm. but the woman there, it was, she was trying to tell me like to, she was trying to tell me (laughs) to go sit my mother down and tell her about herself at the age of 13. So oh, I said... Oh, that's not how that works. That's not how it works. <laughs> not Thank how you. Works. One session. Bye-bye. Um, but when I got to... I get Am- what she's trying to say, though. But yeah. It's but just, I was that 13. Doesn't, that doesn't work. That but doesn't work in I was work 13. I was in no. 22. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, even now. But then, even then, um, going to Amherst, just learning the powers of counseling. I could not have been an orientation leader telling up incoming freshmen, oh, go to counseling if you need it, if I wasn't going to counseling myself or I had never experienced a counseling session. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Darian really helped me through, whether it was group sessions and release at the Multicultural Resource Center or Drew House or my one-on-ones with him, which I had many of them, even up to the last when I told you, I, y'all, I had seven page, seven papers due in five days in order to graduate <laughs> after write, writing a 100-page thesis. I was going crazy. I was feeling very bad for you then. Yeah, Kristen was looking at me across the table like, yo, my friend is not okay. And I I knew she was looking at me like that, and I needed to talk it out with someone. So black women can and can't, but we will go to counseling. And what's the other one, Kristen? We will cultivate self-love. We're so used to putting people in front of us and pulling people along that sometimes you get lost in the process because you know, like, we're talking about dedicating ourselves to other people and making sure that people in Flint have water and people in Puerto Rico have electricity and people in, you know, underprivileged neighborhoods have updated books. Like all these things are pressing concerns for our communities, but at the same time, making sure that you protect that 
you know, that, that inner being, making sure that that's all taken care of, making sure that you, you fill your cup up before you distribute to other people because you can't be of service to others if you're not of service to yourself. I say this all the time, but seriously, yes. it's, it's a big thing. Beautiful. So what's the world in need of? Kristen, about to wrap it up. The world isn't, I got this one this week. The world is in need of body butter today. Now let me tell y'all why. It might still be feeling hot outside, but soon the weather will be changing. And because of them, whether hot or cold, you need to be moisturizing yourself from head to toe. Slather some butter and lotion <laughs> all over yourself and your life. You owe it to yourself and to my eyes because I don't want to see nobody out here oh, being no. ashy during the spring, summer, winter, or this here fall weather. Oh, That's why I got myself some French lavender body butter from oh, Temple yes. Zen Skin Care, along with his rejuvenating lip balm that was in my freebie bag. Yeah, I got one too. Um, yeah, we don't want to be making fires out here. You making fires? Oh, Any of y'all nah. in this room making fires? Because oh, if y'all nah. are, I'm about to come for y'all. I always got lotion handy, I, so listen, listen whenever you need. What you need? I'm, I'm good to. I'm good to put some lotion Sis. in somebody's hands. What you need? <laughs> sis, I got this. That's literally how she went up to the man. She was like, so I need to put this in my bag. Sis, so what you need? I got it for you. I got the shea butter. I got the shea body butter. bombs. I got the... Oh, and guess what? Good. And it smell good too. Who else want to smell? You want to smell? You don't want to smell? You want to smell? <laughs> Everybody in the room is going to smell that French lavender body balm from Temple Zen. Mm-hmm. Watch your face. Yeah, don't get too close. Um... <laughs> But the world is in need of body butter because, listen, some of y'all is looking ashy and it's not only y'all physical, but y'all mentals is ashy. Yeah. Y'all spiritual is ashy. Y'all just need to slather y'all life mm, with some love. Body butter. There and we that's go. why y'all need that butter. Okay. You agree with that, Kristen? I'm about to get, get me some body butter mm, then. Go get yourself some body butter. I'm going like, to get you some books and some body butter for Aww. that birthday. September 30th. It's coming up, y'all, this Saturday. This Saturday. All right, y'all. What is this? I think it's the end. It is the end. We are tuning out of episode six. Of Get the- right with ya. The takeover with Kristen and Christine. Bye, y'all. Hello, rock.